WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Clock. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, live from the Hot 96.3 and WTLC studios on this Sunday, November 22nd, 2020. And if you are a parent, then you know for many of your kids, you will not be physically sending them to school tomorrow. And that is, of course, frustrating to a lot of people because... Uh, There is a new directive that says all Marion County schools must begin e-learning by November 30th. Now, that's next week, but already the majority of the districts this week will either be going to e-learning or are winding down into e-learning. And that has raised a lot of questions because... Uh, The numbers that we are seeing with the coronavirus have continued to skyrocket. Just yesterday, 6,983 new cases of COVID-19 reported right here in Indiana. So, yes, that is cause for alarm. And that is why Dr. Virginia Kane has made some big changes. So guess who was on the show with us today? None other then Dr. Virginia Kane will hear from her in just a second. Here's how it's going to work today. I'm really just going to ask one question, uh, one or two questions of the good doctor to get things started. And then I'm going to turn it over to you, our listeners and folks watching us online this morning on Facebook. You can uh, drop a comment down there below uh, and I can read that and I can see it and I can uh, share that with Dr. Kane. As I said, we are broadcasting this morning. You can see what it Looks like here in studio uh, on the WTLC, the Hot 96.3, the Open Lines, and the Cameron Riddle Facebook page. As always, you can tweet us at Open Line Show to get your question or comment in. Uh, So with that said, start calling right now, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air and talk with Dr. Kane here this morning. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to start it off here in a second with... uh, one or two questions that I have, and I'm going to let you do y'all thing because I know a lot of people have uh, a lot of questions as we move into uh, this second wave that we knew was coming and that is now here uh, with the vengeance and um, is really doing some serious damage. Are we headed for another stay-at-home order? Uh, we'll see. Maybe the person who can answer what that may look like would be Dr. Virginia King, who joins us now. On our live line. Good morning, doctor. Hey, good morning. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We're getting close to that Thanksgiving season here. Yeah, and Thanksgiving is going to look a lot different. You, other health officials, including the CDC, are really asking people to make Thanksgiving look a lot different. Uh, I know from my family, normally we're going up to Detroit, uh, and that's where we've done Thanksgiving for the past several years. Uh, and we're not doing that this year. We'll just be staying here at home, uh, not doing a whole lot, because you've asked us not to really gather. I think that's so so important. Uh, there are going to be a lot of people traveling. And so when that happens, you're going to be exposed to a number of people that if they travel by um, 
by the airlines uh, that sometimes it may be very difficult to do that uh, six feet distancing in the at the airlines, you know, waiting for your ticket or waiting for your check-in for mm-hmm. your, your baggage or whatever. So a huge concern, and we think uh, a significant number of people will be at high risk for acquiring COVID-19. Uh, and secondly, uh, also for the uh, flu, mm-hmm. but for the upcoming holiday. So, Doc, with with the latest numbers, we had six uh, sixty eight. Uh, let me say this right: we had six thousand nine hundred and eighty three new cases just yesterday for the state. And about a week's time ago, uh, you and the mayor announced that all Marion County schools needed to go virtual by November thirtieth. So that's the Monday after Thanksgiving. Most of these school districts are going to do it. Uh, at some point this week, naturally, because that's when we would go on Thanksgiving break. So let me start off with my question to you is why did we immediately go to all Marion County schools go virtual instead of a wind down or instead of instead of we'll have the younger elementary kids do um, a hybrid? Why all that before bars and restaurants uh, close? So let me just say, you know, that our bars uh, were decreasing capacity. But one of the things we were concerned about was the rapid rise very quickly of all of these cases. And you always have to be concerned about uh, what's the transmission rate in schools. And so you can't tell that as much um, until you're starting to see an increase in cases so one, on a note of just being very cautious, we had done very well before we had the second peak of cases. We had, um, we had gotten down to like 85 cases per day, and then we started to see our cases really rise in just over a two-period two uh, standpoint. So our 85 cases a day actually went up to like 700 and. 47, 747 cases. Having two days where we went over 1,000 cases in a day. And we're talking just in Marion County. We're just talking just in Marion County where we had two cases, over 1,000 cases, two days in a week. So um, very concerned about that. And trying to look at our data, we had had an algorithm uh, at the start of this uh, epidemic where just based on the leading experts across the country that they felt that once we reached 13% uh, positivity, and that's of interest too, positivity means the number of people who are positive um, on the same day that people get tested. So how... How many people have a positive COVID-19 test uh, over the number of all people tested for COVID-19 in the same day? And so the gold standard is, is that you want to be less than 5%. So back in September, we were over, um, we were under 5% for at least a period of two weeks. So we thought we were looking great with the 85 cases a day. And we had come down over a month from over 200 cases. So we were 
break in our cases coming down. We had gone from 11% positivity all the way down to um, five per, under 5%. Uh, but unfortunately, um, uh, we, we uh, the state of Indiana, when they were at about 600 cases, they were going in the right direction too and, and, and doing uh, remarkably well in their uh, improvement. And so uh, Governor Holcomb from Indiana decided that, you know, we could go back to stage five. Now, stage five uh, meant that everything could almost return to normal mm -hmm. except for uh, they would still be required to wear a mask. But unfortunately for, uh, for the state of Indiana, we had a lot of residents felt, wow, I can go back to normal now. They interpreted it as saying, mm, I can go back to normal. I don't have to wear this mask, even though it's required. I don't have to do uh, six feet uh, social distancing. And so we saw in a really short period of time, my cases went up. So, so Doc, let me ask you, was going yeah. to stage five, was that a mistake? Uh, you know what? I can't tell you that. I can only say that individuals, the Hoosers, I, we believe, interpreted that as though they were going back to normal. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, and just, you know, crazy stuff. Um, how, uh, what I will say is um, not recognizing the significance of the COVID-19, and unfortunately, especially a lot of our young teenagers and our adults, you know, they, they don't understand the consequences of this like older adults. And so that's an issue. Um, the other thing we're going to have to be concerned about, too, is, you know, Thanksgiving holidays coming up. Um, a lot of uh, students from colleges out, outside of Marion County are going to be coming home to their families but they may be seeing individuals they haven't seen before. So we're concerned that we may have a significant number of house parties. Mm. Um, and so, and also trying to look at if we can, uh, the safety for our teachers, our support staff. Uh, so it's just not the students that we look at for schools. We have to look at, uh, what happens to any um, uh, the staff that teaches in that school? So these are very tough decisions. People um, make different recommendations, but we are trying to monitor that camera, okay, to see if it's safe. And we're continuing to monitor the data to see whether uh, we can open uh, schools back in person. And right and right now, your directive says January 15th is the targeted, uh, or January 18th, that week. Uh, so that's two weeks after the latest holiday, which would be New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, is when yes, you are projecting schools do, could reopen. I do, and it's kind of in that, that small print. So we, we do say that um, uh, we'll continue to monitor it. Mm -hmm. And if our data looks good... Uh, for the different age groups, 
we could open back in person before January the 19th. Okay. All right. So we'll just, we'll keep an eye on it so that there is a chance that you could say that, hey, if things look good after Thanksgiving, that you would allow schools to reopen before Christmas. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, that's possible. Okay. Exactly. Okay. But it may not be all So let me just say this. It may not necessarily be all school. So what we will do is we'll look at the data based on elementary kids. We'll mm-hmm. look at the data based on middle schools. And we'll look at the data in high schools. Okay. Because I, I know a lot of parents who would have who would like to see uh, a hybrid, you know, even if the older kids stay at home, do a hybrid of every other day of the elementary kids or, or something like that. That, But that's a possibility. Yes, definitely. Okay. Let's go to the phone lines. They are hot this morning, 317-239-9696. We are live on this Sunday morning with the uh, leading expert here in the state on COVID-19. She is Dr. Virginia Kane. In fact, she's such an expert that even President Obama had her on his um, infectious disease team. Oh, before I go to the calls, Doc, I should ask, uh, has there been any coordination or uh, anything with the incoming administration at the White House? So so right now you know that um, we have this dilemma that we've had no transition mm-hmm. between the, um, the new administration that may be uh, you know implemented on January the 20th based on waiting for certification of uh, President Biden uh, taking office but we've had extensive um, communication from our Indiana Department of Health Mm -hmm. under Dr. Christina Box who's the health commissioner with a number of the hospital systems health departments, uh, and critical partners for for the uh, delivery of the COVID-19 vaccine, trying to be prepared for that distribution. And I am on the Indiana's committee on the State Department of Health on uh, vaccine and distribution. All right. Let's go to the phone lines now, 317-239-9696. If you can't get in the phone line, send me a tweet at Open Line Show or drop a comment if you are watching on the Facebook Live here this morning. But I'd love to hear your voice, so call me, 317-239-9696. If the phone lines are full, just keep trying. Let's go to the first caller here on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? How you doing now, Cameron? Good morning, Larry. What's hey, happening? Dr. Kane. Hey, listen. Hey, now, I, I know everything that's going on right now, and all people have to do, they're on the Internet. They can find the Santa Clara High Technology Law Journal for uh, January 2002, and it has the quarantine revisions for the Model State Emergency Health Powers Act, Laws for the Common Good. They can get that and find out that where this is going is through the uh, tracing and so forth. They're trying to build up enough evidence against the people at large so that they can open uh, quarantine and uh, isolation camps. Uh, in fact, what they're doing with the homeless right now is they're allowing them to uh, get a, a large population that are infected, and they say you're going to have to quarantine, and then they will say, well, where are you going to quarantine? They don't have a home. We say, well, we have these camps set up for them, and then they'll follow with doing the other stuff. You know, it, it, the People have to understand, 
the uh, Holocaust was a prosecution by the public health officials. That's what they've done to get rid of the dreads of their society. The same thing is happening right now under the name of COVID. And for all you Christians out there, there's a biblical uh, reference uh, in Revelation that says uh, this economy and this whole country will be brought down with one word. That word is COVID. That's why you worship it, worship it now. But anyway, they're showing so many models. They're using a religious model. They're using a morality model and so forth. And these public health officials are destroying this country without firing one shot. So I don't know what their motive is, or I do, but I just say everybody's got the Internet. Santa Clara High Technology Law Journal from uh, January uh, 2002. And that shows you what's getting ready to happen. And I know Dr. K knows it. All right. Thank you, Larry. We let Larry uh, say his piece to get us started. And per the usual, he went left. Sometimes he stays straight and narrow, but today he went left. Dr. Kane, uh, we've got more callers. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Call now and I can get you in. Uh, let's go to the caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? Turn your radio down for me, please. Good morning. This is Terry. How you doing? I'm good, Terry. What's up? Okay, as we know, Larry is going to be Larry. That's Larry. Um, first of all, we talked about this when Dr. Kane was on before. Mm-hmm. All due respect to Dr. Kane. I know what she does is not easy. Her record is impeccable, and I respect that. Same thing with the government. However, I feel she said that when you asked her, was it a mistake? Was number five, was that a mistake for age five? And she said she didn't want to answer it. I will. Yes, it was a mistake, a horrific mistake. Impeccable, and I respect that. Same thing. Hey, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, did, did, did we um, lose Terry? Cameron, can you raise her sound? I can. I think. I think we. I think we lost. I think we had lost Terry in that. Terry, call me back. Uh, 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. But we do have more calls uh, on the live line. Let's try this caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, my name is Brandon. Brandon, what's up, man? Hey, man, I just was listening to the radio. My question with this situation is, um, with 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 the virus going on, why are, are there still opportunities to allow people in certain facilities when, at the end of the day, the virus is the virus? Why is there hybrid options? Why are there uh, people working on Mondays and Wednesdays and staying home Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays? With COVID going on, it's, it's a virus that'll go in time. Why? people to go in and out of the house with the virus. All right. Well, uh, the doctor uh, can answer that question, Dr. King. Did, did he say, was that related to schools? Is what he was talking about? People still going into schools? Uh, yeah. Some people. And also, uh, just public places such as restaurants. Um, and I also have um, a fiance that actually works for a, a state government facility. And, yeah, she's actually going home certain days, but she actually is going to work more days in that facility than she's going to be at home. So with the virus still going on, why are we still taking chances, I would say? Yeah, so so let me just tell you, it's a, it's, it's a difficult uh, decision based on balancing, all right? Yeah. And I will tell you that Chicago uh, actually went back to the stay-in shelter. That meant nobody could come out except for uh, essential things like going to the grocery store or going to the pharmacy. But... Let me just say, we also saw an extensive number of of our businesses close. 
we saw a significant number of people actually going homeless. Because, um, um, you know, at that time, it took a while to get that stimulus package, and it's going to end because it looks like uh, they can't come to an agreement with the stimulus package. So I saw uh, uh, mothers. I saw a mother with a baby, two weeks old, who had, um, uh, because she lost her job or her business was closed, she couldn't afford to pay her rent. So she ends up in a homeless shelter, sleeping on a mattress with less than one feet away. So we try to have a balance, but African-Americans have eight out of the ten lowest paying jobs. They don't even have money to pay for their rent, utilities, and put food on the table. So, Brandon, what, so, uh, what it sounds like to me, Brandon, uh, and I'm just guessing, sounds like, uh, I don't know if you said your girlfriend or your wife, but somebody sounds like they work in a school and as a teacher and their students are gone home. But no, the- this is actually, she actually works for the state. Uh, okay. She works for um, a, a big entity of the state. Uh, but uh, just since you actually mentioned the schools, I'll just tell you just the basic situation. My daughter's actually in North Central. Okay. Uh, the COVID started to go real bad, and I actually picked her up the day before they actually put everybody on lockdown. When I went into the office, the guidance counselor said, hey, we stay in, st- we stay in touch with the public health department. My kids go here. I think that she'll be okay. Well, the next day, everybody was on lockdown. It's just because I think that with the virus, it's almost inevitable that you will catch it if you're exposing yourself. So, yeah, my question was, why do we still balance? I mean, obviously, it was based on numbers, as what she said. But why is there still a balance of when we can and when we can't go out, when COVID is actually still outside? So we try to look at and measure what the amount of what we call community spread. Yeah. And that's with the total number of new cases we're having, and that's with uh, we actually can measure the percent of people who are COVID positive uh, when they come out. And we try to put some measures in place uh, based on different stages of, um, of trying to see if we can turn this around. Now, if we can't turn it around, like I think Cameron was mentioning, you know, we don't want to have to go to the uh, back to the uh, stay in shelter. It's a very painful process, and um, uh, a lot of businesses, especially black businesses, will close. And when they're closing, they're, they're usually closing forever. So trying to get that correct balance, if we can. And we know, listen, if just people would just follow the recommendations yeah. Six feet distancing, wearing their masks out in public. This thing would go down in uh, four to six weeks, easily, if they would do that. I but agree. we we just have a lot of people not complying. They don't oh, take it seriously. Okay. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, let's see. 824 here on your Sunday morning. We've got more calls. We've got some tweets and some texts coming in. I'll read those in a bit. Let me go. Let's squeeze in one more before we go to a break. Let's see who this is on line two. Good morning. You're live Good morning. on the open line show. Who's this? Good morning. Good is morning. Who's Yes, that's you. Who's this? Okay. This is Terry. I got cut off before. Good uh, morning. How's everybody? Terry, can you hear me? 
I can. Okay, Dr. Kane, can you hear Terry? Yes, I can. All right, Terry, hit it. Okay, and I'll do respect. a little bit louder if she doesn't mind. <laughs> okay. What? What do you? What? Can she hear me? Okay. Yeah. She speak really up. Needs a, to hear speak me. up if you li- if you can't speak up just a bit. Okay. We we had this conversation. What before we were anticipating the flu epidemic and that it was going to be worse once the flu season hit. Here we are. I said then, just like I'm going to say now. They never had the individual problem taken care of. You still have people walking around with no mask on, okay? She said, she being Dr. Chang, who all do respect Dr. Chang, but he asked you, was it a problem with them saying, uh, with stage five? You said you didn't want to answer that. I will answer so, it. Well, was sorry, what did she just say? What was that last comment? He asked you, was it a mistake about stage five? You said you didn't want to answer that. And then you gave your explanation why. I'll answer it for you. It was a mistake, a huge mistake. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you still have people today not wearing a mask. We never got that under control. Okay? Then I said then, like I'm going to say now, you open the schools back. What happened? The babies got sick. College kids got sick. Then they start shutting down for do I you the football team. They got the staff, everybody. It's like we take 10 steps forward and 20 backwards. You never got it under control to begin with. Now, I understand y'all look at these numbers. And then some people might feel numbers don't lie. But this thing is out of control. And then I tell you what really gets me, when you say about the mother in the car homeless, where was your balance before corona? That ain't the first mother that's been in a car homeless with a child. That's not, it's not the first time shelters have been overburdened because people have no jobs. That ain't nothing brand new. This corona is, though. So when you say we need to balance, you didn't balance in the beginning. So why does that surprise you? Now, oh, now all of a sudden you got concerned because you see a homeless mother sleeping in the car with her baby. There's plenty of them out there. Been there, done that. And then we'll continue to do that because that's never been a balance here. Now, let's talk about where we are right now. When you look at the numbers, I'm so sick of hearing about the numbers. Why should anybody want to travel right now? It should be complete lockdown. Nobody should be able to go anywhere right now. Because until you all do this, we're never going to get control of this situation. I don't care what your numbers say. I don't care how much experience you have. It is what it is. We're seeing this. And then my thing is, when people like yourself, I do respect them for real. But have you had somebody die from corona? Because I have. I buried my favorite uncle, my mentor of my job, best friend, homies. I've been to so many funerals, I got a stack of obituaries, and yet you still say today, where's the balance? You don't know. This is over your head. This isn't your idea. Why should we wait and wait and see what the flu season is going to be? We should have stayed on lockdown. Should have been on lockdown a long time ago. Now we got a president that's pouting because he didn't win. We got a president pouting because he don't want to concede. Because, and we got people dying every day. My question to him, has he had somebody die from corona? Put yourself in my place. Okay, and then you'll Terry. see how I feel. Okay, I'm Terry. there. I'm so sorry, but that's how I feel about it. No, 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 no. You don't have to apologize. I, I'm first sorry for your loss uh, of the people in, in, in your family. But, yeah, plenty. Um, but I want to give Dr. Kane an opportunity to respond because you laid several things out. So, uh, thank you for your, your, your question and your comment. And again, uh, my condolences for your losses, but now I want to let Dr. Kane have the opportunity to respond. Okay. 
Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Don't apologize. Yeah, <laughs> don't. It's deep, though. It's don't. deep when you keep hearing them say the same thing, and this thing clearly is not working. So it just, it's to me like, okay, they ain't had nobody die that they love. They couldn't because, I don't know, is that what it takes? I mean, that's, that's more to feel that way, but I'm just saying. No, I know how you feel, and I, I get it. I get it. Um, Dr. Kane, I'll let you respond. Terry, thank you. Okay, so two things. Let me just say, uh, in the history that I'm aware of, like even the last 15, 20, something like the coronavirus in terms of how contagious this is. And if you talk to any of the shelters, they will tell you their numbers. We've had people having to go to shelters, but never in the extent and the large numbers that we are seeing here, and our shelters couldn't even handle the number of people that were homeless. We actually leased a hotel to help overcome this, six motels to try to handle all the homeless that happened just in a couple of months. So I can assure you it is the worst in terms of the community, people losing their jobs, can't pay their rent, losing their homes and their mortgages. It has just been uh, phenomenal. At the same time, let me talk to you about the schools. Um, I'm never going to win about the schools. I'm just going to be honest and frank with you. Because mm-hmm. while I've got probably 50% of you don't think it's safe to be in the schools, I've actually got a higher percentage of people mad because we closed down the schools. It was one not fair. Uh, nobody gets transmission in the schools by these children, and so they think it's the safest event. But I always think that when we have an opportunity, you know, I think it's great for those kids to be in school as opposed to social isolation from their emotional well-being, especially the younger kids in elementary, maybe compared to anybody else. And so when you look at it, they were able to be in school since August the 1st, September and October. Those three months were really, may have been really critical uh, for those uh, students. And we have a number of students that are basically homeless. We have a number of students that have special education needs, disabilities, that they, they can't get that assistance uh, at home. So we try to have a balance in, on, a, on a basis of, of being cautious with the numbers climbing up. Uh, we have said people, you don't know, have to go to school. And my, my other main point um, you have always had the ability to keep your child at home and learn from home. That has always been guaranteed. You don't have to go to school in person. You've always had the ability to do your education and training at home. This is a choice by the parent. I can give my best advice, but this is still a decision by the parent of these children, that they can go virtual always, but if they can't always uh, be in school in person. All right. Um, okay. Uh, Dr. Kane, it is now 832. Oh, hold on. One, one, one last thing. Let me just okay. say this. Um, 
you know, Marion County, Mayor Hotset, we make recommendations for Marion County, okay? We can be stricter than what the state does. Um, we can be stricter than what the state does, but we can't be less restrictive. And let's face it, we're the largest county in uh, the state of Indiana. We have people coming to our county where uh, they don't have restrictions surrounding our counties. Some of them work here in our counties. And so we are sometimes impacted by recommendations of others. We are impacted definitely by behaviors. Um, and uh, it's unfortunate, but we have to adjust our recommendations based on outside factors that sometimes we don't have any control of. All right, uh, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air with Dr. Virginia Kane from the Marion County Public Health Department. It is 833. I've got to take a break very quickly, three minutes, uh, and we will come back and continue the conversation. Keep calling. The phone lines are full, so you're probably, probably getting a busy signal. Uh, but in the meantime, send me a tweet at, at Open Line Show. If only I could talk today. At Open Line Show is the place to tweet. And if you're watching on Facebook, uh, just drop a comment right there and I can see it and I'll read it to the doc. Uh, we've got some questions that have already come in from Dee Dee and some other folks. I'll ask those to the doctor on the other side of this commercial break. Call me, 317-239-9696. This is The Open Line Show. I'm Cameron Riddle. We're back in three minutes. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on High 96.3. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. And good Sunday morning to you. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. We are back. This is the Open Line Show on the air this morning with the good doctor, Dr. Virginia Kane of the Marion County Public Health Department. She's the woman who makes all the decisions on what this city and this county does when it comes to uh, this coronavirus battle. She is still on our live line and taking your call live comments, your live questions. All you have to do is call me, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, or send me a tweet at Open Line Show on Twitter, or if you're watching on our Facebook feed, just drop a comment right there, and I'll read it. Dr. Kane, are you back with us? Yes, I am. Okay. Before the show is over, I want to talk about Thanksgiving tips. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. We'll go. Uh, we'll get to that right before we we leave because uh, I got several calls and a couple tweets and texts that have come in. Before I go to the calls, let me get this question in from Didi, who sent this in, saying, uh, "With a teacher, teacher, I cannot talk. With a teacher that just passed away from COVID, why are we even considering having the kids in school? Not only does it affect the teachers, but what about cafeteria workers, bus drivers, etc." Um, I think it's a it's a very important point, and um, and so based on our numbers and our science, we reached a certain point that it creates a higher risk. 
our teachers, our support people, our bus drivers. And so that's why we have um, um, lowered the risk significantly by having um, our students uh, going to virtual learning. Uh, 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air this morning. Let's go back to the phones because they are on fire with questions from the doctor. Uh, caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. All right. That person, I can hear myself in the background. Call me back. Let's go to the next caller on uh, line two. Good morning. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Who's this? Uh, it's ma'am. ma'am. I want to tell the doctor. Yeah, I want to tell the doctor she's doing an excellent job. Uh, I asked her, uh, is the COVID mutating? And my second point is, um, she talked about re- uh, personal responsibility. Uh, I really don't appreciate people calling, spilling stuff to her. Don't you know this? This lady is a, a brilliant, excellent lady. And don't don't she don't they don't y'all know that she can work for somebody else, but she chose to work for Indiana. She don't need to be be um, disrespected on this radio. Thank you. Have a good one. Mayhem. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. To you, Doctor Kane. His question uh, is: This COVID nineteen thing mutating? Oh yes. So yes, it is. So we found some uh, when it's in this environment. And so you have to be more careful that as the virus gets smarter, it can be at a higher risk for transmitting um, the uh, virus. Right now, it's starting slow of this mutation, but as time goes on, that mutation can get stronger and more contagious and more deadly. And is this vaccine, the number of them that may be coming, is it going to be able to keep up with this thing mutating? Like when, by the time they get this thing in production uh, in, a, in a year from now, will it be the same thing we're looking at today? It may not be. And so that's why when you, when you look at the flu that happens every year, that flu virus changes just in a year so that they have to produce a whole new different vaccine once a year because the old one a lot of times don't work. So they have to look at that virus, do that laboratory work, and do what they call this uh, DNA fingerprinting uh, to determine what vaccine will work against this particular virus. But next year, it could be a totally different virus, Hmm. and we have to go back to the drawing board to get a maybe to get a new vaccine in order to give it to people. But let me just say, they're going to, once they get approval, I believe Pfizer is going up in either this week or next week, mm-hmm. asking for the FDA Food Drug uh, Administration Agency to get approval for their vaccine. That normally takes two to four weeks to get that approval. But they have already have... Um, at least uh, they'll have at least about 50 million doses. Now, the United States consists of 300 and we're, we're somewhere between 340 to 360 million in this country. Okay. And they'll have 50 million doses, you know, somewhere around the end of December or January because 
They bet on that their vaccine would work. And so they started manufacturing their vaccine back in summer, hoping that their vaccine was going to be um, uh, effective. And so now we have 50 million vaccines. Who gets it first? So all of the essential healthcare workers get the vaccine first. And then the second group are our first responders, the folks like the ambulances, mm-hmm. you know, getting people to the hospital. And that's in phase one, phase 1A. And then in phase uh, 1B is we're looking to try to get those folks in our long-term care facilities, our nursing homes, trying to make sure all of those individuals, they're older, they have a higher morbidity and mortality, so trying to reach them first. And actually in that 1B, we have African-Americans and Hispanic uh, being at high risk, and they would be eligible to get the vaccine after after that. And, but I, and I'm talking about um, uh, dialysis centers, you know, any other kind of health care type of services, medical services for patients will be the ones that also are eligible for the vaccine. All right, let's go to the phone lines, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. We'll also send a shout-out to Keisha uh, Pat and Elaine, who were commenting on uh, the Facebook page here this morning. I think we got those questions in from uh, you ladies there. Also, send us a tweet at Open Line Show or tweet me at Cameron Little and give me a follow while you're there, please. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Let's uh, let's try line three. I think you've been waiting for a bit. Uh, good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hey, greetings, Cameron. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you, sir? I am great. How are you today, Dr. Kane, and the rest of the group? How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, as far as this school situation, uh, if these, if the parents stay home, and um, if they stay home and teach their children, then then they should receive the salaries of the school system, or the school system should pay them. Uh, just the thought of somebody sleeping in their cars with their children or going down to these shelters and carrying on, that's that's just a horrible thought. And the fact that the government and corporation, they already have all these money. Uh, the people are not the ones, we are not the ones that created this virus, and yet we are the ones that are suffering for it. So for people to be sitting around talking about losing their jobs and all this, and you didn't have over 200 and 50,000 people that then died in the United States alone from this. And for people to sit around and to be talking about these numbers and carrying on, I told y'all in the beginning, if one person dies, that's too many people. It's too many people. And I just want to add this on the end about what Larry was saying. I want to kind of translate that a little bit. Larry, you got, all Larry you got was 15 seconds to us, translate Larry. I know it. All Larry was saying was we need to extend our research and we need to look into more things and study a lot more about what's going on around us. And, uh, Dr. Kane, if you will, could you give us an update on what's actually going on in China right now with this coronavirus? Thank you, Larry. You guys have a I great mean, thank day. You, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. You guys have a great day. Thank you. You too. So, you know, um, China had um, implemented their plan in their program 
and they had done very well in reducing their their numbers. But they've come back. They've started to have a re- relapse uh, related to China, um, where they were not building their hospital systems uh, quickly enough in order to handle the uh, the vaccine. And so, what's happened to them too is that. You have a lot of travel. We're starting back in um, in China, and and if you looked at their healthcare system compared to our healthcare system at the beginning of the epidemic, they would have like people on respirators. They'd have like about twelve to fifteen people, all of them in a long corridor. You know where we now? If you go and you're in critical care. You, you're in a room by yourself on that respirator. But China, because of their healthcare system and lack of a lot of hospitals, and at the beginning, they had no personal protective equipment at all. They were dying, and yet their healthcare workers stay working with these, their patients, knowing they, they had no gloves, they had no masks, uh, working, uh, for their for their patients, and here in the United States, we take it we take it for granted. Now, initially at the beginning of this epidemic, we didn't have personal protective equipment too, but not at the extent uh, that China didn't have. And so we've had so many healthcare workers, professionals, Doc, have been I'm gonna, working. I'm going to jump in. April, I'm, and and they've been and they've been just uh, dying because of people being irresponsible, not doing the thing that they need to do to just protect our healthcare workers. I'm gonna but if ju- someone has a heart attack, okay, someone has a stroke, you know, if we don't do something, you're not going to be able to come to the hospital and have someone take good care of you for your heart disease, okay? If our healthcare system gets so overwhelmed. Now, Doc, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you right there because I know you want to get to your your Thanksgiving tips before we go, and it's 8:54. But I got more calls. Um, okay. Okay. So let me let me go to this caller on line I'll one. I'll make my answer shorter. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? Terry. Okay. Uh, the the yeah. same Terry from real, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. First you, of all, the person. The first of all, the person who said I disrespected Dr. Tang is absolutely wrong because through the whole thing, I said I highly respect what she's doing. And that's why I mentioned that he, he must have missed that part of my memo was the president who is over everybody to make executive orders as well as decisions. Now, as far as the, what I want to comment real briefly on, I, I did, want Terry, to say, t- Terry, uh, yes. I'm uh, call me back next week because I'm getting to the end of the show and you got, you got a chance to talk quite a bit earlier. I don't think Dr. Kane took, took it as disrespect. I'm Thank sure. I'm you. Sure. I did, I I did not. I you. did not. Thank you, Dr. Kane. Terry. Yeah, I, I'm sure she's gotten a lot worse um, f- from other people, and it has not been nearly as um, uh, clear yet respectful and stern as you gave. I'm sure she's got a lot worse. Let me jump into another call before we go. Uh, caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Virginia King. How are you, Virginia? I know you How very you? well. Uh, what I call for is because um, I noticed that they put the hospitals back on restrictions, but as far as, you know, if you come in with a mask on and so why is it that people can't come to come with you 
into the hospital as far as appointments and things like that. Thank you and for I your call. Noticed, and well, I let, me, let me do this answer real quick. So um, they, they've had a number of people who wear that mask once they come into the hospital. When they get up to the floors, they stop wearing the mask. And the nursing staff have to stop all the time telling them you got to wear the mask. But we're, they were seeing a significant number of people that got through the security entrance into the building, but then they stopped wearing the mask. And it puts the nurses at risk because they'll go in and see their family member and they'll take their mask off in the patient room. But those nurses have to come into that room, you know, monitor your temperatures, your vital signs and everything. So they were significantly causing uh, problems with transmitting infection uh, to uh, our healthcare professionals, let alone the amount of time they're spending to tell them to act properly. So honestly, that's one of the main reasons why they had to do this, why some of the hospitals are doing this patient visitor but you know now doc now let me now let me jump in on you let me jump in on you because it's now 857 and i and you want to give some um uh thanksgiving tips and you have exactly two minutes to do just that and we have to get off the air so listen if you've got guests please make it under 10 don't have any large gatherings you've got any uh kids Coming back from colleges, and if you got someone that's a senior, like grandpa, grandmother, you know, it's over the age of 65, make your child get a test 72 hours before they come back into your homes and, and know that they're negative before they see grandpa or grandmother or anybody that's like have uh, major medical conditions, like they're immunosuppressed or they've... Uh, They've got chronic medical illnesses. So really encourage that. Also, don't share food. Don't serve a buffet style. Have one person serve the food and use simple use uh, options. And definitely, until you eat, wear that mask inside somebody's home and stay six feet away from others unless you live in that, that household. And so also remember, don't be giving hugs to guests, okay? And make sure your child or children take a shower before interacting with family members when they come back uh, to home. And get your flu shot. We're providing a drive-through flu shot at the health department. It's just one block on our campus, 4012 building, where you can just be in your car and uh, make sure you've got a small sleeve so we don't have to have you get out of the car and take your coat off for us to give you an injection. Be able to get a shot through the window. We're only looking for primarily high-risk individuals. Get that flu shot. It even may give you a little immunity. All right, uh, Dr. Kane. COVID-19. All right. Thank you, Dr. Kane, so much for starting your week off with us. I know you got several other things that you got to get to this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for answering as many questions as we could get in uh, this morning. We'll keep up with you, and we'll see you for the next briefing. Okay, thank you so much. All right, the expert. Free shots are free for the flu shot. The shots but are free. But it's dry food that's shot. happening 
Shots a are from 12 to 4. All right. From 12 to 4. All right, Dr. Virginia Kane saying uh, flu shots are free. That's going to do it for this edition of the Open Line Show. I'm Cameron Riddle. We're back same time, same station next Sunday, live at 8.